Welcome to the new media show. We're back. Doing the new media show again. People are actually going to listen to this junk. We do it live. We're live right now. We'll just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We just can't get enough. The new media show. Let's go. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. Bada bing, bada boom. The new media show. We do it live. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We're going live. The new media show. I'm like Adam Curry, and you're more like John C. Tavora. I think I am Adam Curry, and you're the old curmudgeon. We do it live. Do the new media show again. The new media show. Technology. We make it sound so special, and it is so special. Welcome to the new media show. Right. Well, it's great to be back with the show. Did you see me run out of here? (laughs) You know what I forgot? What'd you forget? Put a memory stick in the recorder. Oh, that will that, that help. Of course, you probably took that with you to to Las Vegas over the last. No, I week didn't. And a half. It was no? in the other machine from the other oh. day editing, and I came with oh. the press record, and I'm like, oh, there's won't. no place for that to go. Yeah, I, it's it's the backup, but you never know when you need the backup. Every right. every good podcaster has lost at least one recording. If you don't have a backup, that's right. It will happen. You can't appreciate how that feels until it actually happens to you, right? <laughs> because if if we, we were not live on Facebook, but I think we were live on live stream, I said, beep, right. and that's when I ran off to get the memory stick. Right. But hey, everybody, um, we're back. And yes, uh, I'm back from Vegas. Yeah. So how was, how was the in-person conference that's so rare these days? 40%. Wow. Well, a- for a exhibitors that's that's a pretty big haircut maybe, maybe 35 so i they had expected 50,000 total right compared to 240 and i didn't feel like 50 and they announced uh, near the end it was about 40 for those that don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the Consumer Electronics Show it's in not, Vegas. Right? They don't call it, they only call it the CES show now. It's no longer the acronym I, you just said. I know, I, I, I agree with you, yeah. but that's that's what the acronym has meant for many years. I know, I, I'm, I'm not allowed to say that, the CES show. So. Oh, you're not allowed, wow. <laughs> no, I am not, um, even though I have made a mistake a few times as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and here's the thing. It was, um, (laughs) we were just about chased down everywhere we went because uh, the media presence was much, much smaller. And there, comparatively, they would have 100 broadcast groups. There was only 25. Mm. And we made up three of the 25 of the folks, or maybe even four of the 25 that were there. Right. And, um they were happy to have us, happy to see us, uh, very accommodating. <laughs> I would, uh, I would think so. Yeah, right? and uh, one of our teams couldn't come because of some COVID issues, so we basically, it was a very interesting setup, and and what they did was um, Scott Ertz from Plug It's Live, who is the one that mm-hmm. normally brings all the gear to the show. Mm-hmm. I quit bringing gear a few years ago. Scott, Scott stayed in Florida and ran the stream from Florida. And then Chris, uh, who's a podcaster that's part of the team brought gear and we basically stream yard into Florida. And then we switched our stuff. We had, you know, multi-camera views. And then 
uh, Marlo Anderson from Tech Ranch and uh, also the National Day Calendar, they were on a stage. So sometimes we had a three-way. So sometimes mm-hmm. it was me and I was doing four hours a day live, which is whoo, it's rough. And then we'd have guests not show up or whatever. Then Marlo would come on and do a fill. On Tuesday, the show was fantastic. So it really gave us some ideas going forward. Um, we may opt in the future to have someone remote switch it and just do remotes everywhere mm. and go in. You know, the tech is there now. Whereas, yeah, where you can do that. Where right? we can do it. So it was good. And uh, we multi-streamed. I was on Facebook. I was on YouTube. I was on Twitter. We had Twitch up for Scott's uh, audience. Uh was on YouTube. It, really, we multi-streamed everywhere. So it worked out well but i did some walkthroughs just with a gopro and the it was you know massive spaces being empty and that new west mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. built for specifically for ces it was uh i i toured it i did a full walkthrough in 20 minutes mm-hmm. and you know it, i wasn't walking super fast but just you know Ford wasn't there. All the major car manufacturers were not there. There was a bunch that I had never heard of before, but yeah, I think there was some electric car makers there, right? Yeah, there was, there was yeah. a bunch of electric car makers and new ones. And then they had the car port, the car area where BMW had the color changing car and all, all that stuff was mm-hmm. out there, but I never made it to that location. Um, it's still, a, you know, it was still a big show. So nothing in South, so those of you that know LVCC, South has an upper and lower, huge mm-hmm. hall. So completely empty. Those are usually full to the gills. Right. And then Central's full to the gills. North is full to the gills. Westgate is filled to the gills. And there was never any West. And right. then we were at Venetian, which used to be Sands. Sands was full. Um, mostly foreign presence. Huge foreign presence. France, Israel, Germany. Hmm. Um, Japan, all there was in the innovation area, huge foreign, huge, huge foreign delegations. Wow. They were the ones that were most desperate for coverage. Mm -hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, some things may come from that, from this show. We'll, we'll, I'll be able to talk about it later, but, um, t- table's been turned. It wasn't like uh, PR people were in control this time. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, the media folks definitely had the upper hand, but, um, mm-hmm. but you know, there was just big areas. So they said 2000, there was probably 2000 exhibitors. Okay. But so if you think about two or three people, maybe four people per booth, so you know, figure out big booths, there's going to be more. Mm-hmm. So I would figure there was probably 10,000 exhibitors there and 30,000 attendees and mm-hmm. well under 500 press. So that kind of gives you an idea. You know, here's here was the telltale sign. My rental car, I booked a week in advance. Mm-hmm. I would have never been able to do that on a normal show. I'd have to book five months in advance. The rental car cost me 275 for a week. My hotel, I rebooked because the price went down $280. Wow. So I rebooked my hotel room. No waiting on food lines at any venue. 
could get into any restaurant we wanted to. It really, you know, in CES, you have to book hotel, uh, restaurants weeks in advance to get just to eat and right. or, you know, eat at a just fast food or whatever. So, yeah, completely a different show. And Vegas feels different. Vegas feels 80% in itself. No buffets. Not every restaurant in the casinos are open. Like uh, Stan Fremont Street and the Golden Nugget, my favorite sushi place, mm -hmm. was closed. Um, just, you know, so the casinos are running at about 80% too. But mask, 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 everywhere <laughs> to the point where... I'm actually this week, every time I go out, I'm like, oh, I don't have, oh, I don't need my mask. It was, yeah, that being in a mask 15, 16 hours a day absolutely sucked donkey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, wow. it was bad. I mean, it was, yeah. So I yeah. think I took 20 or 30 cloth masks with me and I came back and had to wash every one of them because it mm -hmm. was, you know, I had to change because, just like you're breathing hot, humid, and had a runny nose all week. But now that I don't have a mask, no more runny nose. Right. The mask was giving me a runny nose. Yeah, yeah, I've had that happen too. I know what you mean. So well, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, I know that uh, we have the NAB, the National Association of Broadcasters Conference, coming up um, well, as well in Vegas. So I, it'll be interesting to see how things change between now and then. Well, I think Omicron's <clears throat> going to peak here this month. and Yeah, I agree. So I think that by... February, March, I think things will calm down. Maybe the numbers will be up, but way, way, way different CES. That, but here's what I was told. They had no choice. If they had not done the show, that would have probably put them under. They had no choice but to do the show. They had to show something. Right. And um, I had companies contacting me that were virtual that wanted to be interviewed. And I, I was a total jerk. I said, you're not here in person. I'm not interviewing you. If I can be here, you can be here. And what it was, all the big national companies that have, how should we say it, optics, mm -hmm. they weren't there. Small companies that don't have big national optics were all there. Mm -hmm. Well, what do I mean by optics? Well, a larger brands, right? Yeah, the larger brands who's, I would say, more woke were not there. <laughs> okay, yeah. I guess that's a kind way to say it. We're not there. But the small companies were there. They were doing deals. I saw purchase orders being written. I saw teams, the big teams from big, big, big companies. They're buying. Um Consumer demand is not down at all for products. So but I didn't see a lot of quote unquote innovation. I didn't see a lot of like, wow, blow me away, new stuff. I just saw one or two things mm -hmm. and I didn't walk away with a price point this year. Uh, usually past I could pick, you know, the price point for the show is $299 or $99 right. or 49 bucks. Um, but there was a lot of higher end stuff there. That was cool to look at too. But um, I, I, I considered it a success considering everything. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I mean, it was good to see, uh, you know, an in-person event go, go forward, but it is a little humbling to see what happened there. And I, 
I think it's fairly reflective of what we saw even at podcast movement right? yeah. um, here many months ago. But. So here, here's what the telltale sign was to me is when we signed in, we were given a COVID test and the COVID test had two kits in it mm-hmm. or two tests. So we were supposed to test before the first day of the show. And then they had an optional one. It's because you could test at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. So I didn't need more than two COVID tests, you know, for the show. Right. And I took my COVID test the day before the show, came back negative, threw the thing in the trash, didn't have to show nobody. It was, it was honor system. And uh, the second day of the show, they sent everyone a text saying, you can pick up another COVID test. Well, the whole country doesn't have COVID tests. They'd ordered so many, they had too many. So everyone got a second dual kit. So mm-hmm. I came home with, I've got a dual kit sitting at the house. I can oh. use it any time. So, yeah. And so far, knock yeah. on wood, knock on wood. Nothing, huh? Knock on wood. We'll, we'll knock on wood for a few more days. Well, there's lots of space between people at that event, from what I could tell from the uh, videos. Well, you know, but <laughs> what we did is um, we had a six-foot table, and right. I sit at one end, and the guest sat at the other, and we, had, and we wore masks during the interviews. All right, then you had two and, two cameras that you switched. Right. That and then did? and right. well, they were at the same table, but we had good separation. It wasn't mm-hmm. a requirement. They didn't tell us what to do. Um, but uh during the show, only two people fist bump and only one person <laughs> shook my hand of wow. the entire show. Wow. Wow. Now that's wow. a show where I carry the hand soap or you know, the hand sanitizer. The hand sanitizer. I carry yeah. on my belt. Because it's one of those events where I'm, I'm, I'm shaking a thousand hands, literally, right. at that event. Everyone's shaking hands. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Oh, thank you for coming. Right, thank right, you for, right, right, right. No, no, not even elbow bumps. You know, there was no, there was no yeah. touching. One, the, the one person that did was a lady. She sat down, but she says, I'm not afraid to shake your hand. And she stuck her hand. And I didn't even have my hand out. She stuck her hand out. Of course, I shook her hand, <laughs> did the interview. Then, you know, on the side, did my, you know, after she left, the the antibacterial. But it was really, that was the thing that I probably took away the most is there was nobody was, no, was not even fist bumping or, or elbow bumping. None of that was going on whatsoever. I just wonder if, if that's a permanent change. I think for the near future, probably. Yeah. You know, and business cards were back aplenty. Mm. Business oh, cards were back enough. aplenty because that's something easy to trade, you right. know, versus, yeah, it was much, so business, everyone, business card, business mm. card, business card. Mm. Business cards yeah. had kind of went away. It was scan my badge. Now it was, right. now here's my business card. Yeah. I'm kind of in favor of that. Anyway. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It makes yeah. it easier to attract people because I can write on their business card. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I, I don't know. Yes, we'll see. I, we had some fantastic interviews and, and well, you know, the live stuff was what the, was, was what it was, but mm-hmm. I don't ever want to do four, four hours live by myself again, though. That, that <laughs> just about, that's, that's a day's work. Yeah, it is. It's hard to stay focused that that long. I've yeah. done three hours in one day. And you have to, and, and if yeah. you have guests coming, it's easy. But when sometimes people don't show up and you have to 
just ad, talk. Ad lib, right. Yep, talk. <laughs> yeah. You just like stick a fork in me. Right. But anyway, yeah. back to podcasting stuff. Podcast Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's back. Hmm. After lots of uh, encouragement over many years. Yes. Trying to bring it back. So yes. I've, I've heard nothing. So as a podcast Hall of Famer, I've heard nothing. So where's the nomination link and, you know, all that. So we're going to have to send a, have to find out what's going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think they're, they're getting it moving. Um, they're gathering lists of names. So I would, I wouldn't be surprised if you hear from the podcast movement team here soon about all that. So, so, so who should be nominated? That's the question. Who should be made it? Who should be put in the bucket? They, they've set some guidelines. I haven't right. read it. What are what are the guidelines for nominations this go around? It used to be time based. Well, yeah, I think it's. I mean, I think it's safe to say that that's been expanded, right? I think that the the intent of the Hall of Fame wasn't so much time based. It was it was also included impact, right? Yeah, impact, community contribution, and all those kind of factors too. But but if you wanted to go check it out, um, they do have a new website now podcasthov.com. So that's podcast H O V or no H O F. Sorry. I said it wrong. Podcast H O F, which means podcast hall of fame.com. And there is a eligibility statement in there. That's part of that. Um, all of the past, Inductees are also listed on the website. Um, the The brand name of the awards has changed a little bit. Uh, it's gone to Podcast Hall of Fame versus the podca podcasters. Um, what was it called? Uh, uh, the podcasters. It was Academy of Academy Podcast. of Podcasters Hall of Fame was the original name, right? So they've they've changed the brand. I think there was a little bit of concern about a conflict with the name. Do I get a new trophy? Um, well, that's a good question, Todd. I, I, I would ask them if they're going to give the opportunity for us to get different, uh, a different version of our trophies. Right. Yeah. So I would think that's possible. We probably have to pay yeah, for it. Pay but, for it probably. Right. right. I'm, I'm looking on the website. Where is the eligibility? It's in the about. About. Area. Right. Okay. About the criterion, the criterion. Oh, there's a big word for entering yeah, wow. to hall of fame is a combination of mainstream popular being considered a great podcaster or contributor to the industry by their peers. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or excelling in the medium of podcasting as well as having historical significance in a positive manner. Canada should have something to offer in all three categories mentioned or be so outstanding. One of the two, one or two that they deserve inclusion. To be eligible for entering the Hall of Fame, and I mean, must have completed it five years since the first involvement in the medium, but longevity should not be considered a qualification in and of itself. So, wait on a second here. So, you can be in two years and still qualify, or you have to be five. It says must have completed five. Well, I think that's the preference, right? Is to have at least five years of. Um, significant contribution to the podcast medium. But if, if somebody's had a huge impact over the last three years, it's not like that they're going to be excluded from consideration. Right. Interesting. So it used to be so, 10 years. Right. That, that was, 
That was the old criteria. Old criteria. And being that we've been gone for a few years, they're changing that criteria. So, yeah. So I I, I still think there's a recognition that the medium has um, changed uh, to some degree and and it's faster moving now. And that contributions are coming from lots of uh, other areas that maybe um, would be excluded by having a, Ten-year minimum, right? So five years. I I still hope they maintain a minimum year qualification. I, I well, it's stated in there. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's so, just not hard. So how fast. many are we going to do? It looks like they're only going to do ten. Eight. 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 eight Why is the only current... eight? Because we missed how many years? Well, well. First of all, um, my understanding is that the reason for that is mainly time um because it's even to present uh eight is going to take over 90 minutes of a ceremony you can do you can do 30 and 70 minutes if you only give them three minutes i know i agree with you todd but that that may not be practical and um so so when those those choices are being um made by podcast movement right this is their their event um, so they have a, this is what they did, uh, back in 2018 as well. So I, th- I believe in 2018, they only had eight inductees back then. So too. 2015, which I'm included in, there was six of us. Right. And then right. in 2016, there were six and 2017, okay. there were five. There were only five. Five in 2017 and 2018, there were eight. Okay. So that's what they're, they're going by is the last list of inductees. We need a catch up. There's a lot of people that deserve. And that's the hardest part about this so far is, is that there are so many, Um, you know, I, I can probably count 10 or 20 just on just just not even really thinking about it. I agree with you, Todd. Um, but it's also something to think about too, that that this isn't, you know, it's the same with the, the basketball hall of fame or the baseball hall of fame is that you can't induct everybody in one year, but they miss some years. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so catch up is tough unless, I mean, I mean, I just don't think people are going to be willing to sit for the ceremony for over two hours. Um, that's going to enough it, alcohol. You'll be good. You guys are paying for it. So, you know, you guys can, you, can, you, you know, we can drink. There's a party after this event too. So that's well, okay. So the, you know, the part, make, make, the make, make the party a little shorter. So, you know, okay. I'm just, I'm no, riffing here. You. I'm riffing here a little bit. So Dan and Jared, please, please let's, let's at least do 12 this year. Right. Right. Let's, you know, I'll, well, I'll compromise two hour event. Great. So just keep that. In no, mind. no, no. You keep them. You keep the speeches to three minutes. You keep the, you keep the, uh, intro to 30 seconds, Bling, bada boom, bada bing. And people don't take three minutes. They, yeah. they don't speak. We're talking about minutes. podcasters. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, you, it, 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 okay. <laughs> you, you just tell them, listen, you, you've got three minutes. And the introducer has a minute. So four minutes a piece. 
Well, it's the same thing that the Webby Awards did, right? It's the, it's the, what, what, what would they put the limit? It was like the seven word acceptance speech or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're there, we're going to be there together. It doesn't, time is not a factor. Yeah, but, well, as far as they're concerned, it is. Okay. Only eight. Well, think about what, what you did when you introduced me up to the stage yeah. and that whole process. Cause you've been through it from a, yeah, both from sides. a productions standpoint as well. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you got up on stage and you presented me. I, uh, about, just about a minute was right. your intro. And then you and had, then I came up on stage and I was probably up there for probably maybe three minutes myself, probably. So five minutes a person with right. switch outs of everybody. So at eight, that's still only 40 minutes. Right. So, well, there's other stuff that they want to do in here. Too, well, so. I know, but you, you there's just, there's the host you, of the, you tighten, of the event. You and, tighten right. that up, you know, you, you, you know, you keep everybody bang, bang, move it along. You, move right. it along. <laughs> you know, there's no dilly dallying. You have to be in a hurry. So, right. Right. Well, I right. guess we'll see. Um, I'm, I'd love to have some input. I, I thought we were supposed to have some input, oh. but. Oh, oh, I would just reach out to Dan and Jared. Mm -hmm. they'd, they'd be happy to hear from you. So the question is, who are they taking input from right now? I've, I've given them some of my input. Okay. So, and a few others and they've, they've, you know, oh, okay. they've, they've come up with some names themselves, uh, and a few other people that are, you know that are kind of involved in the process too. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. So that, that certainly is a process that needs to be expanded a little bit. Um, and then uh -huh. the, the host of the show is going to be Demona Hoffman, uh, who's, uh, ironically also going to be hosting the Ambies awards that are going to be going on on the 22nd. Um, at podcast movement on hmm. the 22nd of March. Sounds like that was a, uh, little bit of a wheel and deal there. Uh, quite honestly, it was coincidental. Really? So, yep. I didn't have any input on that. Huh? So that was all done by, by Dan and Jared. Okay. So, yeah. but it just so happens that she's also hosting the Ambies awards right. as well. Yeah. Right. Okay. So she's a terrific podcaster. She's a comedian and she's been podcasting for a very long time and has, has a lot of friends in the, in the podcasting community. So All right. it'll be good. So I guess we'll see. I'm glad this is back. Yep. And glad you guys wrote the check. <laughs> so. Right. Well, I've been talking to, you know, the podcast movement folks for, Every year, you know, trying to encourage them to, to, to bring it back. And they've been saying that they were going to for a couple of years now. And so now it's, it's happening. Because so. you know something, it is pretty cool. It is. It's pretty cool to have that trophy. It is. I got one behind me on. That's right. It's pretty cool to have that counter back have there. That monster right there. Right. It's a. It's a good exercise device too. You can build some bicep muscles with that. Mine has flaked a little bit. So it's flaked. Yeah. Because when I shipped it in the box, it moved around a little bit and part of the bottom of the star is gone. Really? So yes. Uh, so I'm, 
I hope I can order a, if nothing else, a replacement. I understand the trophy thing. I'm, in fact, I'm going through trophy hell right now myself for the podcast well, I mean, awards. I would think that they could probably get a better price on on all the or, on on the order if yeah, they, they were have able a to bigger, order more, bigger, bigger right? order. Yeah, right. So putting that out to the the past inductees might make yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, it would. I mean, even so, if I have to turn in my old one, I'll be fine. <laughs> I don't think you would have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, I, and, and, I think and just, it's great news. And and Dan and Jared, if you're listening, remember when you allow people to order multiple trophies. You can make that, you can mark them up a little bit to cover your, cover your Don't shipping. Don't give them any ideas. No, it's true. <laughs> well, do you, so the, the awards I do for podcast awards, we mark them up a little bit, not very right. much. Right. I have to, cause it, 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 it takes pro- extra time. Yeah. Have more of them. It right. Does. To yeah, process them all. Right. This year I'm having stuff drop shift. They're, they're already late. So. Right. Huh. Okay, well, good. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And um, hopefully, hopefully. Well, I'm, I mean, Todd, I'm sure that there's a lot of folks that are listening to this show that are not familiar with the, with the history of this, right? Um, you know, they're, you know, it's been a few years now. Um, it started back in 2015 uh, at Podcast Movement. You were part of the first group that got got brought into the 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 Hall of Fame, and uh, Mr. Adam Curry's in there, Leo Laporte's in there, you know. So there's some very early um, creators of the podcast medium yeah. that were part of that first group, and then you know, subsequently after that, you know, some other very significant contributors. I'm sure you hear Dave Jackson's name out there because he's part of it as well, and so hopefully we can get. To- Whoa. Rob's Skype connection just went sideways. That's Skype trying to reconnect. All right. Hang up on him. He'll be back in a second. Yeah. So, but a lot of the people that were in some of those early early years, probably people don't even know who they are. Um, but they're some of the original original podcasters back from the very, very early days. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, I think that we, we could spend time going through the names of all the people that are in there already, but, um, hopefully the, the ones that we add this year, um, will, will, um, take a, take a little bit of a different approach to, to, to who those folks are and their con- contributions. So that's all. Well, we've got, how many do we have any of the uh what do we want to call what do we want to call do we have do we have i think most of the early early people are already in uh there, did, did we there's, mi- there's some probably that there's a couple of them that i i mentioned anyway um that are that obviously need to be included that weren't, um, in the past. So, and then there's others out there too, that, um, that, you know, maybe didn't fit that early criteria of that 10 year requirement. Yeah. 
that maybe have had a more recent impact. Hopefully, right. but hopefully we don't miss the middle group since we're jumping ahead so far, there is going to be people from like, well, it's not like if they've been podcasting for, you know, seven years or eight years, they're going to be excluded. So I, I know, but right, that's what I'm right. saying. I hope we, we don't, right. I hope those folks aren't left behind. Right. And we don't jump too far mm -hmm. forward. That would right. be my concern. You know, if, we, if the awards would have continued like they should have, even if that wouldn't have been a grand production and they'd have done it every year and got trophies, we right. we, we could have, you know, made yeah, this like thing. a virtual thing or something. Right, 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 right. Because right. you know, it's. But I understand that they didn't want necessarily to do that. And by the way, my phone is ringing off the hook. Who is trying to call me? Um. I mean, actually, I know how to solve this on my Apple Watch. I'll <sighs> go to airplane mode, and guess what? It won't ring no more. Um, I think that uh, you and I set the standard, though. We Oh, now I know where you're going. Now. Yes, we did. So we wore <laughs> tuxedos. Well, or pseudo tuxedos might be the, the better description for me. <laughs> okay. So you had a tuxedo on, you had a bow tie. I had a bow tie and I had that, 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 that kind of, um, tuxedo shirt. Right. But my coat and my, my pants were not, you know. Okay. It, it looks perfectly. like you're wearing a tuxedo exactly. in your picture. Exactly. And then R right. Rob Walsh wore a tuxedo. Right. And a bow tie. And a bow well. tie. Right. And I wore a tuxedo and a bow tie. Yep. So we're going to put the challenge out early. <laughs> Don't show up in your T-shirt like Drew Dumpkis did. Okay. And nothing, There's a few and, others that showed up. Don and yeah. Drew, I love you guys to death. But come on, Drew. You could have wore something more than a T-shirt. It, it, right. You know? And... uh Right. And then Elsie, elegant black dress. Oh, I know. She was very elegant. Yeah. Right. And uh, uh, Dan Class, uh, you know, he's wearing a jacket. And mm -hmm. uh, Lori Petrucci, she's in a nice dress. Yeah. So uh, Gary Leland, though, uh, you know, dapper blue blue suit. Right. So, yeah, you know, come on, let's. And then Leo shows up in, virtually in a polo shirt right yeah my god come on well i think the goal is trying to get everybody there so i, I think leo's been the only one that i think that's done a video right yeah he was the only one that did virtual i mean i think we're we're open to that uh but in a very limited well scott way. johnson from frog pants did virtual too did he okay yeah and father roderick did as well uh got it okay and, but I think we would prefer to have people there yes. in person. Yes, right. of course. So, right. all right, well, let's keep our fingers crossed. You know, and do anyone care besides you and me? What about the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Well, That's, I think all of the, the inductees probably yeah, care. Yeah, we all care. Right. I right. think it's important to recognize at a higher level 
you know, the Ambies are going to be an annual thing, but you guys aren't doing a Hall of Fame. It's just like the Academy Awards. It's, it's you know, you're going to have a somebody that you're going to recognize a top whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be like a, you know, um, lifetime contribution award kind right, of a thing. Right, that's right, going to be right. part part of that as well. But, um, but yeah, that this whole Hall of Fame thing, I mean, I tried to get the the podcast academy to take this on um but they it wasn't in their charter to 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 do this and it clearly was something that podcast movement really was the one that really you know pioneered it started it and actually has done it for multiple years so it just makes sense to keep it with them yeah well I, i i guess we'll see what happens here with uh with these um with the hall of fame yeah. Well, it's also going to be streamed live. So, oh, so there's going to be virtual access to this as well. So if you by chance can't make it to podcast movement in LA, um, uh, the week of the 20 of March 23rd through the 26th, um, of this year. So it's only, you know, was it like 70 days away? Jeez. Um, hard to believe it's that close. Yeah. So, so, you know, you can still check it out. See what's going on there. Tom Webster says Hall of Fame should archive some of the work by past winners. I agree. It should be in there. Mm-hmm. So when you say archive, Tom, what are you thinking? Well, it, well, I'm going to assume some of the show content, maybe some of the episodes or stuff from those early days. Of course, some uh, of the stuff from the early days. <laughs> I don't know if we want that to be. Uh, I think some of that is being um, stored by the the Wayback Machine. But well, you know, so, uh, yeah. some of us still have our websites up. No, those the how the Wayback Machines it, I know. it captures I know. it captures content. And I know. Stores it. Right, right. So shows. He says shows ex- excerpted right on the site. Have the inductees submit some audio. Oh. Oh, okay. To be able to have it, have it as part yeah. of their, their page. Yeah. On but the I think website. there's a few people okay. in here that are not actual podcasters. Is. Uh, well, it's actually open to that. I, I, it, I don't think you have to be a on the mic. Right. Podcaster. You have to be a contributor. I, I, you know, there's a few people that have contributed technically that I thought should be considered at some point too. But right. most of the people don't know about some of the technical work that some people have done in the space that have, you know, right. carried the water here. And I think that's, th- that was a big consideration in the name change too. Cause if you think about the, the original name, uh, it, it said the Academy of Podcasters Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. right. Which it, it implied that it was only people that were podcasters. Well, the new name is podcast Hall of Fame, which which um, leaves open the possibility of significant contributors from people that are are not necessarily on mic, right, or a solo podcaster. But, or something. It can be a it can be a business person but, that built a compelling company and has had a positive impact. Well, on they they allowed that medium. before, right? It just wasn't as explicit as it is now, right? Right. So, so of course, I have no idea who owns podcasthalloffame.com. I don't have any idea who that is either, no. Todd, but, but, but it, it likely is you. 
and it will likely <laughs> now that the website is being redirect is up, I will redirect that domain once again to You will? Yeah, I will because well, that's nice of you. Because Thank it you. was for years and then the site went down and it was going 404, so I will redirect it now back to Okay. That website. That'll be good. Yes, it will. So that, you know, they someone is actually typing it in, we'll we'll get there. That's good. I think that's because it's where's it redirecting to now? My site. It makes no sense. It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it was just a temporary placeholder um for keeping at least what was up there. It was actually ho- it it's currently hosted on pair uh r- r- right now that's that's what needs to get redirected on our side which you know ellipson owns pair networks uh so we're, we're going to redirect that domain name over to the the, the new domain name which so. do, oh which domain name was it before well it was just kind of like a placeholder website yep ellipson went in and replicated the the website off of the the Wayback Machine. Oh, I see what you did. Because uh, Podcast Movement lost the whole website. Oh. So oh. All, all, all the code and all that stuff. So the, the Wayback Machine was able to salvage it. I got you. Wow, they lost the website. Mm-hmm. All right, let me go into Domain Manager. I'm loaded GoDaddy here while we're in there. I'll go find it and set up the redirect. Mm-hmm. But, all right. Well, I, I'm glad it's back. Um, you know, let's, let's keep it rolling here yep. for, you know, for the for, forthcoming years. And let's get, let's get people caught up. You know, there's probably someone in our chat room that probably would be a good inductee into the podcast hall of fame. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think so. Tom. There's a lot of folks, um, right? You know, so but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, there's a lot of people that should be, you know. And uh, all right, there it is. Let me load it up, and let me go ahead and change the redirect to the new one. Let me here. I got to type it in again. Podcast h o f dot com. All right, let me go ahead and copy that URL see here where is the redirect i'll find it here in a second um well i i i think that uh oh okay i'm I'm trying to be oh upselled here it's nothing new uh buy and sell dns settings where the heck is forwarding i'll find it so what else is going on in the podcast space well, there's always a bunch of stuff going on. That's for sure. You know, um, I saw that the, the New York times bought the athletic for about a half of a billion dollars. I don't know if you saw that, um, which is basically a sports outlet that, that has a bunch of podcasts. Hmm. I don't know if you saw that or not, but I thought that was interesting. That was a lot of money to pay for a content site. Um, well, they got the money. Uh, they, they can afford it. Right. And then uh, Spotify, uh, I guess, launched uh, a a uh, clickable ad um, call to action 
actually it's call to action cards. That's part of their podcast area, which is, you know, I think that they were from the, the reading that I did on it. They did recognize that, uh, when people listen to podcasts, they aren't looking at their phone. So what this, this does is this activates, I guess, only when a person is, um, changing the podcast that they're listening to. Hmm. So, so, you know, once the show is over, then, uh, then they add, you know, and you click on a new show, right. So you're looking at the screen, that's when the, the display ad shows up. And then I guess within a few seconds, it disappears, I guess. So, all right. Yeah. But there's a, there is a little bit of a historical perspective on this. Lots of companies have tried this <clears throat> as separate startup companies, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I've talked to many of them over the years that have approached me and wanting to get support and they've all failed. (laughs) Plus I also heard that Spotify closed down their, their studio four, um, project, which, uh, I don't know if you saw that Todd, it's, it was their original studio that they, they had, but it was kind of like something that kind of got neglected over time because of all the acquisitions that they did of Gimlet and Ringer and things like that. So, so I guess it does make sense. It just, it's uh, sad for the employees that got let go through all that. But, but I heard it was not being managed real well. So that's part right. of the reason for the change, but. Well, there wasn't a lot of hits coming out of it. Right. So I think it was also, yeah, Todd, did y'all see Clubhouse is rolling out uh, web listening to to the content on Clubhouse now, and Clubhouse now supports recording, so you have that kind of capability over there. They they claim to have 2.6 million downloads of the app in December, up from 1.8 million in November. So they're trying to get it out there that they are growing, but it sounds like they're they're making it a little more accessible by making it available on the web too. Hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, and I think coming off the, you know, I, I was watching the news, but coming off the holidays, I think the news has been just a little bit slow still as well. I don't think there's been a huge amount. There's a couple things that I, uh, found. Let me see if I can find it here. Got to load Slack. Cause I keep my, I have, you know what I do with Slack? I have a personal channel and I put stuff that mm-hmm. is important in my personal channel. It's just kind of like a historical way for me to, to keep track of stuff. Um, let's see here. And a lot of you maybe think that's crazy, but you can start a Slack channel and create your own channels. You can be the only person in that Slack channel and you can organize stuff. And that's what I've actually, um, mm-hmm done quite a little bit but one thing i found interesting was that some companies are now starting to do uh paged rss feeds are you familiar with this paged rss feeds it's it's basically um it's where only a first page will load second. It's basically some sort of server side stuff that. Oh, it's a sequ- Oh, it's a sequential sequential so that you can have a thousand episodes in an RSS feed, but yet 
get the speed of loading the first page for an update and then the apps, good apps, according to Pod News, like Podcast Attic will now see all of the episodes. So it's it's called oh. paged. And oh, okay. uh, it's yeah, something that makes sense. Right. It's something we had in our roadmap a while ago, but because there was only a 300 episode limit, we never we never implemented paging uh, on our feeds. But it's something I brought back up to the team. I said, do we want to look at this again? But again, the problem still is, do you need 986 episodes in your feed? Yeah, I mean, that's well, the question. So, how's it triggered? Um, I, I don't know the, the listener side. I right? don't. It's not. It's done technically on right. the coding side. It's nothing. The, the it's transparent to the listener. It's something the app, the syndication app, will again pull I, pull pull from that feed in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's or maybe a little different. I, yeah. And again, I don't know the technical details. But it's something that uh, it just, you know, the reason it came to my radar is because it was on Pod News. I was like, huh. So I asked Angelo, I said, yeah, go look at Jira Task Ticket such and such. And he said, we wrote this up, you know, two or three years ago and never brought it up in the in the stack from a from a right. dev priority standpoint. Right. Yeah, I was just trying, trying to think, I mean, if the goal is to to speed up access to the latest episode. I, I can see a benefit yeah, I there. I think maybe. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Spotify because, will take everything you have. Um, and then Apple of course has got a higher number now as well. Excuse mm-hmm. me. So I thought that was just, you know, it was just one of those. Yeah. Interesting I mean, it's one. A, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, I think you might, I mean, it might be interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, so you basically display each episode as a separate page. And no. so you probably don't have to duplicate the the header information in the feed. Is, I, I don't is that know what you're it, saying? I, again, I don't know if each episode is a different page. I, again, I don't uh, know the technical. I don't know if it's like 300 and then the next 300 or, or again, I don't know the, I'm sure it's in the technical details of. Right the server side stuff. Again, this is super geek. Uh, you know, if we implemented podcasters probably wouldn't even have a clue had been implemented. And, but again, uh, I think we could, could be only, just, it could just be two pages. It could be yeah, it could the, be. the first page is the newest episode. And then the rest of the episodes is the second page. Yeah, right? Something to that effect. But again, don't, yeah. we might even be talking completely out of our, out of our butt here. Yeah. On this because this is, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a dev. I'm and, just trying to think of where the advantage might be of this. So, right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I also noticed that there was some news that came out in pod news, uh, about F- Facebook, um, basically oh, yeah. muting podcasts with music in them, which I thought was interesting. I'm not quite sure if that's a literal muting or is that basically, um, cutting off access. Uh, that's a good question. Says, I don't know. Says Facebook will edit it out, muting your show instead. Hmm. So well, any, they, hmm. if they find that there is a copyright issue, they're, they're, they're being careful. Yeah. Um, this is something that, that YouTube has been 
you know, they've been basically uh, flagging copyright mm-hmm. infringing content. Um, it looks like Facebook is taking it to another level now. I would think that would for Facebook to do this, that would require an, an awful lot of intelligence in the player. I think it's built uh, into their system already. Yeah, but if they're they're, they're supposedly uh, pass through. So I'm not quite sure oh. how they're doing that unless they they are caching. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. By the way, I have podcastupfront.com for sale. Anybody wants that one, I have that domain available. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Always pitching something there. Tom. Well, no, what it is is, you know, you're, you're in the shower and you think about a domain name and then you add another four, you know, eight ninety nine to your annual you know, bill to renew these things. <laughs> I'm sure you could get... Uh, Podcastmute.com. Uh, I don't have that one. <laughs> you don't have that one. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so I thought that that was an interesting little twist on the music copyrights issue that continues to rage on out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, uh, let's see, what else is, um, I was looking at the, the news that came out here, I think, uh, more recently here uh, about, I guess, Google is popping up a privacy notice. Oh, yeah. that That's new. So that's kind of cool that they're doing that. Uh, it's a, in the privacy notice, I guess, uh, this is on Google Podcasts, yeah. uh, is popping up saying, Google Podcasts does not host podcast content. When you play an episode, your IP address is shared with the host service, like a uh, Lipson or or uh, Blueberry, sure uh, for that podcast. So you know, so I thought that was interesting. I I'm not quite sure what triggered that. Um, there must have been some sort of privacy. Well, I'm sure what it was is they, they probably made. were right. accused of. I'm sure they were. Someone said, "Take these shows down." I'm sure they were. They probably got some requests to by someone that went out there and found some content they didn't like, and they probably got DMCA takedown notices of. You know, they said, "Google, why are you? Why is this content on your app? And please remove it." I'm, I'm, right. and probably I mean, triggered that. Well, that and and I, there's been an ongoing debate. Um, in the online world, not just in the podcasting world, that um, uh, that those those IP addresses are, are are considered to be personally identifiable information, right? So, I think that well, that's probably where where this comes from. If you see, we're well, gonna. This is gonna get political here. So, well, um, no, I mean that IP address can be mapped to a second or third party database right? to, to potentially identify who that sure. listener Absol- is. Absolutely. Right? Based absolutely. on their online activities. Yep. But, but you know, the hosting platforms, they don't map it or I, I probably shouldn't say all hosting providers, but they're, most of the hosting providers don't map that to an individual user. No. But if you have a listening platform that's attached to your hosting platform, 
I'm pretty sure that's being done, but you probably opted into that through the terms of service. Mm-hmm. If you're a listener on those platforms. Right. But so. the, you know, I, I sat through many a demo where I gave him my own IP and the person brought up about all every, sorts of stuff, all sorts of stuff about me. Right. You know, so they have the ability to use the technology now to get to a street address for a household right? on an IP level. And they can map all sorts all of, of data to create a, a very deep and personal profile because, of you. <laughs> because everything you sign up for, now all these apps have these coupon apps and everything else. You go to the grocery store and all that stuff. That's all ties in. Into a master database. Into a master that, database that right. builds the profile on you that is, yeah. Some and, are private and public sources. Yeah. And, and most of the podcast hosting platforms, I can't speak for everyone, but most of them don't have those databases. No. They don't share their IP addresses no. with those, those platforms no. that do, you know, merge with IP addresses. No, we, we don't. We don't, right. we don't sell, share. Matter of fact, it's we're GDPR compliant. So as soon as we get done processing log files, the files get anonymized. The IPs mm. get anonymized. Right, right. So, but there are some that are, you know, trying to do some forms of attribution and trying well, to do that attribution company just retargeting. Got, right, attribution company just got bought today. That was in the news today. Um. Which one was that? It was the, um, let's see if I can find it. Maybe it was yesterday. Yeah. Someone got bought yesterday. So was it, it was an attribution. Yeah. It was announced. It was in the, um, yeah. What was, was it? Maybe it wasn't by pod news. Someone, some attribution company got bought. Podcast attribution company. Yeah. Yeah, some podcast attribution company got bought. I saw it in some newsletter. I, I just kind of skimmed over it. Didn't think we'd be talking about it, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know which one it was, but there was a podcast attribution company that got bought. One that I wasn't really familiar with. I'd heard of vaguely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by some some company, I think in Canada. Let's see if I can find it. Go to yeah. the old the old. Uh, See if I'll find it in uh, in trash can podcast attribution. Should be very early podcast. Okay, yeah. So here it is. Attribution provider Leads RX acquired by Unbounce. AG Brown remains CEO. Marketing attribution provider Leads RX used by Cumulus Media, iHeart, and other media companies and advertisers been acquired by Vancouver-based conversion intelligence platform. Unbounce terms of the transaction have not been disclosed. So, again, what what was this company? A conversion intelligence platform. Wow. That's some con- convoluted uh, titling of that. Well, it's not convoluted at all. It's exactly what they do. Conversion intelligence. So they're going to take all this attribution data from Cumulus, from iHeart, and any other media company using that, and they're going to use that to resell 
and to retarget you. Yeah. Right. So if they're buying, if, if this company is buying, so who's next to go? Pod sites? Chartable? Are they going to get bought by this uh, conversion intelligence platform? PodTrack? Blueberry? Who, you know, are they going to buy? Are they going to buy, you know, because think about the intelligence there. Well, it's, you know, I mean, a lot of the stuff is about vertical integration, and that's part of what we've been seeing in the mm -hmm. podcasting space mm -hmm. also. Yeah. Is to be able to have that listening platform and get listeners to opt in. So I don't, they don't say whether or not Humulus or iHeart were using this for their podcast. You would assume they were. And their targeting of advertising that you, it's put to you on Cumulus and iHeart's apps. Because that's what they do with this. They retarget with this attribution data. Mm -hmm. You listen to something on iHeart and you go somewhere else and then they retarget you. It's how Amazon does ads to you when you're, you know, you search for a product and then three days later you're on some website and you see that product on a, on a banner ad it's because they are using attribution tracking to say okay todd was looking for this let's remind him he was looking for that three days later when he didn't buy it mm -hmm. yeah right and it follows you yeah it follows you <laughs> quite literally what did you what did you take from the comment that there's no new big hits in podcasting you saw that article where they, yeah, what you know, what was your takeaway from that? That, hmm. that there's I don't know that that's that's. I, don't, I guess it depends on your definition of a big hit. No, oh, um, are they referring to a serial or are they? Yeah, are they lo lo looking for a? I I think that there's been new big podcasts that have come out since serial or I think that there's been shows that have emerged that have built big audiences, but they uh, haven't gotten national. When's the last time we've heard big national exposure on a, on a show? Um, we hear it internally, but I mean, what's, I, yeah, I, yeah. And I don't necessarily think that's bad. I think, I think, what happens with that is that that pulls away attention from the hundreds of thousands of really good shows in the well, podcasting medium. I, I agree. But at the same time, you know, all ships rise with that type of news. It can. Yeah. And, and, but it also can detract mm. too. I think to some degree that happened with the, the true crime genre. I think it, it sucked away a lot of attention into that genre. And then there's a, a, a large group of listeners out there that just think podcasting is about true crime now. So, you know, I, that's the danger of it. Right. Um, so I don't know. I think the podcast meeting is medium is generating successful shows on a regular basis is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think so too. Yep. So it's all a matter of what you consider to be a big hit. Yep. So, and if you're talking about, you know, shows that are coming out of big media companies that can manufacture that PR that's needed to generate that, um, then that, 
that's not necessarily an organic thing anyway. Um, did you see the, the, the slide deck that was, um, I don't know if it was leaked or came out talking about Amazon music podcasts, uh, having 55 million users and only 200,000 podcasts. Hmm. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Well, that's interesting. They've only got two. Hold on a second. They've only got 200,000 shows in the Amazon. So far, so far. How's that possible? Maybe the the uh, inputs that they've had into their catalog haven't scaled. That would be the explanation I, I would come up with. Amazon's, okay, so is it, what is in, okay, hang on. I don't know this would be fact, but this is on a deck um, that, that Amazon Music Podcast created, so it's it's it, it's a legitimate I need, document. I, I guess. need to go into our system. I forget. I, I kind of forget right now what the how you submit to Amazon. I got to go look at uh, well, our dashboard and. Well, you can do it through Lipson. So yeah, we created a connection there that you can go into our destinations area. And yeah. Submit it over there. So it, it's coming out of Lipson, but I'm I, I, I'm not sure how widespread their 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 partnership relationships are with hosting platforms. Yeah. So let me go down here. Yeah, we did the same thing. Let's see here. Let me go click on so, this. I mean, I would imagine at the most, maybe we, we, we get maybe half of the shows on Lipson to submit to any given platform. Um, and probably the same with you. Yeah. So we, we have the integration as well. Mm-hmm. Where you submit through the platform, right? Um, yeah, so it's just a, it's two clicks to get yeah, submitted. Yeah, it's easy, but it's people easy. just don't don't go in and but into that section and on a regular basis. Yeah. Right? Hmm. Or shows that are archive shows um, that people aren't really paying attention to anymore. Well, it goes back to another thing too, is everyone's like, Oh, they got 200,000. Well, if you look at the number of actual active shows, you know, maybe they're being smart and only I'm, showing. Right. I'm sure that those are all active shows. I would imagine. Right. Because they're the shows that cared enough to be included. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good, that's a good selection of shows. Yep. I, if I were them, I probably wouldn't be happy with that number though. Uh, so I, I'd probably be happier at probably maybe double that. Yeah. I just went over and looked at my Spotify listing and they haven't updated my listing since October for whatever reason. <laughs> lovely. Yeah. So. Lovely. No. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that is a hmm. That is a um. Yeah. So let's see what else is going on, Todd. Uh I yeah, I think we're just we're cranking along here, and uh, you know, I 
be honest with you, I came back Sunday and Monday was Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. It felt like three Mondays in a row because I was catching up from last week. Yeah. And, you know, we're getting ready to launch a bunch of stuff. So we're kind of head down. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of, a lot of thinking and a lot of work around trying to get ready for these events that are coming up. Yeah. I'm not, so. I'm not even thinking about events yet. I'll probably start thinking about that in February. <laughs> And then scramble. Well, I'm trying to get this show um, live on stage at all of the big events that are coming up. So that's kind of kind of a big picture view of what I'm trying to do. Well, that's good. I'm glad yeah. you're working it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 a pattern that we've established, and I think it's a good opportunity for us at those events, and it's a good opportunity for the podcast community to have access to something that's, that's live. Mm-hmm. So it'll be live, live streamed. And that's kind of what we're known for. Yep. So, so anyway, I don't know. I think we're kind of, I mean, there's always something to talk about, but yeah. how, uh, here's, how, there was one how thing significant it, it is. is yeah. Question. I want to, I wanted to bring up one thing. It was Ashley had written in, uh, Oh yeah. About the programmatic going sideways and um, how some podcasters are having challenges and uh, how some right. ads were run that probably shouldn't have been run on a specific show. Right. No, that's, that's always been the danger of programmatic. Yeah. I agree. agree with that. And it was basically an ad for the TV show. The lot, the sex lives of college girls popped up on an American public media podcast <laughs> And uh, it shouldn't have been proved for our children's show. So here's the thing. Why didn't that group exclude that category in their programmatic programming? Because you should be able, if you're on programmatic programming, to exclude the categories of ads that you want. That's pretty, that's pretty standard stuff. And that was done by Megaphone. And I'm pretty sure that Megaphone has the ability to exclude specific categories of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, a lot of this is really, and at the end of the day, it's, it's attention to detail on the part of the podcaster is really where the issue is here. I know Todd, you've been complaining for years that one of the reasons why, um, podcasters oftentimes don't get campaigns and ad campaigns is because they don't respond right. quickly enough. Right? right. So I think that that also applies as you think about programmatic advertising too. Um, I think for us to really scale programmatic to kind of merge, and I think the goal is we would like to merge host reads with programmatic somehow to be able to scale this across larger numbers of shows. Well, we've wished the problem for, is yeah. how can we build brand safe relationships with the brands um, if, if, uh, they don't know who the show is, they're buying, you know, a big block of shows, right. But they don't want to spend time reviewing each podcast to make sure that their brand's safe. But it's all in programmatic. It's right. all automated. Bad info in means bad info out. So, right. So how it, do we bring these two? If a podcaster isn't going to respond to approve. Well, they uh, don't, it, they don't get approved. So here's, here's the, here's how it's going to, here's how it has to work. When the podcaster right. signs up for programmatic advertising with whatever host he's with, he has to choose. He has to select. I don't want this, 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 and this. 
Then that right, goes. But how granular is that, Todd? It's that's the well. Question. Okay, so if you if sex is a upper level category, I don't know. But if it is, and he doesn't want ads or involve sex, then that's first piece. The second piece is is when that ad is bought, the person that does the buying has to be able to set the age appropriate level for the ad and everything else. What happened with this deal, and it probably wasn't Megaphone's fault at all, was the ad was the ad was not characterized as eighteen plus or seventeen plus. They didn't have the exclusion in the ad. So the person that was doing the buy did not check the block that said this is only 17 plus. So what happened was is you had a children's podcast and you had an that basically said no probably said no adult content. Right. And then the ad came through and hadn't been classified right and got dropped in. So right. in that instance, maybe both the podcaster and megaphone did everything they were supposed to do. And it was the fault of the programmatic buyer who placed the buy that didn't classify the ad. So those things right. are going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It I mean, says in the case of the sex lives of college girls, the ad failed to include an age appropriate content warning. Meanwhile, another source has issues with broad categories are pervasive beyond Spotify. They've seen a cannabis brand categorized as a herbal supplement and an ad for cellulite targeting injections on her beauty. So that's true because there's only like 30 or 40 top level categories. And if you are being nefarious and buying programmatic, well, where do you put your cannabis ad? Well, you put it under health. Of course, right. cannabis is healthy for you. A CBD well, you want to product. reach as many potential listeners as you can with right. that too. So, you know, each of these parties has a has a goal, right? Yeah. And and how they achieve that goal is sometimes is gamed and isn't always upfront. So, and, and that's it, where the dangers come in. And as the article in the Verge says, and this sums it up exactly. Unfortunately, these categories are standard across the industry. They're how ad companies and podcast networks, guided by the IEB label their content so everybody knows what they're buying and receiving. Clearly, they don't always work. Yep. So. Yeah. So how do we get better at that is the question. Well, you have to go to the IB and we have to say to the IB, we need to have this these categories looked at and maybe expanded. Maybe there needs to be a cannabis category. Maybe there needs to be adult television programming as a category because anything goes now on TV, on cable. It's just about everything. I mean, I think ideally Todd, and you, I, I would hope that you would agree with this and that the podcaster gets notified when, when there, there's a new advertiser, right? Rob, um, Rob on programmatic, the test that I've been running, I've had as many as 10 different advertisers mm -hmm. running on my show, depending no, on the region. I agree. So am I going to get it? Am I going to read all 10 emails and then opt out of one? It's already been delivered because it's, well, it, yeah, it's time I mean, sensitive. Well, it is very time sensitive and that's part of the issue, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if a show wants to have control, yeah, well, right, then, then they, they should have the opportunity to have control. Right? Not unproblematic. That's what you sign up mm. for. You're signing up for and programmatic. You're signing up to say, 
I want to exclude these categories. And if everybody's doing their job right, there won't be an issue. Right. If the categories are clear and the brands are um, not trying to game the system. Trying to game the system, it'll be clear and you're not going to end up with a cannabis ad on whatever podcast. You know, a children's show. A children's show or whatever. Right. 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 So, again, mistakes are going to be made. And when it's a big show, well, everyone hears it and, you know, flips out and goes into an uproar. And, of course, you know, then who's blamed? The podcaster's blamed. So, well, and then they go in and they turn off programmatic and they they go back to only doing host reads where they can review the yeah. advertiser. So, but this is not That's going to, I'm just going to say this here and now. We're already 17 years into this thing. It, the only way we're going to monetize small shows for the near future is programmatic. That's it. I, I don't disagree with that. That's I agree it. with that. That's it. Yeah. It's. I, I was playing around with programmatic when I was working at Spreaker like three, three, four years yep. ago. So they were kind of a pioneer at it. So you see where my head's at. I'm playing around with it right now. And. Right. So, so I think five years ago, I'd have said, nope, 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 nope. But we're, we're at a point now where who's changed this? Who, who really has changed the here's here's who's changed Let's, the mindset anchor anchors changed the mindset of programmatic because people went into anchors said, oh yeah we'll take ads we'll take whatever well, it's also the it's also the big radio companies they've this this follows a little closer in alignment to what they want to do because of their their radio background too right yep there is you know the the content creator in radio doesn't control what ads run in their show. Usually. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's out of their control. There's separation between the creative and the, and the advertising, right. That, that was established in radio yeah. a long time ago. Um, if you want to get paid, you take the ad, right. Yeah. Um, podcasting has set a different, you know, expectation. Um, host reads, the, the host wanted control over who they endorsed and who they didn't endorse. That kind of culture didn't, doesn't exist in, at least in the early days of radio. So anyway. with programmatic, the close ties that right. we've traditionally had with advertisers, GoDaddy, isn't right. going to happen. There's not going to be a close tie. You, you won't even know the relationship. It'll have come and gone. because well, It's like affiliate programs, right? It's the same no, concept. not not really. Affiliate, you can opt in and you can say who you're going to promote. Affiliates do develop a relationship. Well, you go over to CJ.com and you can sign up for affiliate deals. Anybody or, can sign up for that. Anybody, but right, but the, it's not like it's exclusive. No relationship no. between the the brand and the content. But, but at least if I go over to CJ.com and I pick, yeah, you selected. I spick, you opted. I pick five or six affiliates and right. I opt in. Right. Then, but the difference isn't programmatic. While I'm sleeping, while I'm sleeping, right. Five different ads, five different ads can run on my show. And you're making money on that. And I'm making money and I have, you don't have to send proposals and and I have no control, no control of what gets served. Right. So what we were doing and what, what I've done with my audiences, I'm saying, tell me what you heard. I'm telling my audience, send me an email, tell me the ad you heard. Because I got people listening all over the world. 
So tell me the ad you heard. So I'm getting reports in. Oh, I heard this ad and I heard this ad. I heard a DNR ad. I heard this. I heard a public service. And I heard this, 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 this. Right. And that's the only way I even really know what's running until I get the report. Right. I mean, so, so Todd, is it, what you're saying is that we need to get a little more granular on the categories you think is, is that where we're breaking out things a little deeper or is that adding complexity? To no, the but good luck because, because those categories are for YouTube. They're for streaming audio. They're not podcast categories. These are for everybody. So in order to get additional categories added, you got to go to the IB and say, well, we're podcast and, uh, we need some additional categories and the rest of the rest of the space is going to go, go away. <laughs> well, that's, that's, what's going to, I guess that, that aspect of it is what's going to preserve the host read. Right. right. But again, your average small podcast are we'll not going to get host reads. Right. Or the traditional CPM based. host Right. Read. right. <laughs> so it's, Sorry, we've, we've tried. All right. We have tried. I have no hair because of <laughs> that topic alone. Are you blaming host reads for that? Uh, no, I'm, I, you know, media <laughs> buyers resulted in a lot of loss of my hair. Oh, it's the stress of it all. Right. Uh, no, it's trying, it's, it's pounding my head against a concrete block. <laughs> Trying to yeah. tell media buyers, listen, if you buy, if, okay, it's so, this is, a kidney gardener can figure this out. Right. All right. They can come and buy the new media show. Please do. And actually, we, we might be. So anyway, they can come buy the new media show for, buy an ad on our show. And we'll give them, how many episodes we do a month? Four, three, whatever. We'll give them four ads. All right. right. Let's say right. we're on schedule. We're going to give them four ads. So this audience gets to hear that ad. Four times. All right. So uh, we're not an Adam Corolla, but if we were, if we had a half million people listening to the show, half a million people would listen to that ad four times. Okay. So I just, I, I'm going to charge them two for 2 million deliveries. Write me a check. Right. All right. So let's, let's change the mindset. This show, 16, 17,000 listeners per episode. Okay. It's not Adam Corolla's show. It's 16,000, 17,000 listeners per episode. So what do we need? We need 50 more or 100 more shows to get to that half million views. All right. right. So let's say I get 100 shows to get mm -hmm. to 500, uh, uh, five, not million, 500,000 right. a week. Let's say it takes that many. And that's, that's 100 ads a week. Non-duplicative right. audience, right? Maybe minor duplication, but usually not. It's probably not very, consequential. Very right. little, right? And in over four weeks, they that ad gets put out four hundred times to non-duplicative audience. What would you rather have? Four ads from New Media Show or four hundred ads across a hundred shows? When I when I explain this. Everyone goes, yes, that's great. Never see a contract. Never they see a contract. They haven't got there yet, have they, Todd? They haven't got there yet. Never, because guess what? They're lazy. <laughs> lazy. 
and and they don't they don't oh oh that comes with too much work. How am I going to do auditing on that? Well, we'll do the auditing. We're going to do audit. We're going to audit every ad for you. We're going to send you the reporting. We're going to send you the downloads every week. We're going to do all that for you. Keep you brand safe. Make sure if the advertiser screws or the podcaster screws up on the ad, we're going to go to that podcaster and say, fix it. Oh, it's too much work to put. Oh, and oh, and I have to have a special promo code for every show. And no, run the same promo code. Right. Run the same offer. That's the simplest way of doing it. One yeah. one. We all, and if, when there is duplicative audience, they go, oh, they say, go to acmedynamite.com forward slash podcast, mm-hmm. right? Not acmedynamite.com forward slash new media show, acmedynamite.com forward slash, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, evaluate their the performance on the whole campaign. Don't, don't kind of narrow it down. Because th- they right. want to cherry pick. All right. right. If the campaign doesn't succeed, do not write me another RFP. Say sayonara. Right. We're gone. You didn't perform, or give me some make good, or whatever it takes. You, Everybody wants to wants to cherry pick, Todd. I agree with you. You, you mean, can't. I, I I hear it all the time. I, too. I'm saying this to this audience. They're they're all shaking their heads. Yes, yes. Sounds good, Todd. Bobblehead. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. But the media buyers yep. can't go to their boss. This is where another thing too. It's got a 22, 23 year old fresh out of college. They've got control of a million dollars worth of ad revenue. They've got two years in that chair to not screw up. So what do they do? Tried and true. Their predecessor left them a package. Here's all the RFPs. Here's the 25 companies we're spending money with. We're getting performance on this. Don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. So when they come, when I come to them and say, listen, I got 500 shows, 500 who? Right. The media buyer says, oh, um, go to my boss and say, hey, I got, I'd like to buy advertising. Don't screw up. You got two years to maintain performance. Don't lose the client. Don't lose the client. Don't lose the client. Don't lose the client. So they yeah, don't. It's safer to just go with the same list of shows. Same but, shows, right. same list. They don't get out of their comfort zone. This is why GoDaddy and other companies in early space, Citrix go to meeting. They're willing to get out of their comfort zone and do this. And then everyone got scared. And it's, 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 it's mind boggling to me. I should start an agency, an actual agency agency. And, and if, yeah. if you're a media buyer listening to this, you're, I bet you're shaking your head yes, too. But you know that that person that's in charge of that account. They're going to play it safe. They're going to play it safe. Because if they don't play it safe, they're going to get fired. And if they get fired, they're done. They're, their life is ruined. They won't get another job at another agency. They have to go find a new thing at work. So they're going to play it safe. Mm-hmm. This, in my opinion, is why independent podcasters small shows are not getting deals. No. Yeah. Am I wrong? Someone please email me. I think it's a big factor. There's no question though. I think the whole purpose of our conversation here is about programmatic. Right. And um, why? It, and I think that's changing that. We'll see. We'll see. Cause if, 
if programmatic, here's my prediction. Programmatic is going to work very well on small shows if the person executing programmatic does just a little bit of work. Mm-hmm. But the logarithms have to be right because there's no human involved. They just, it's, it's a computer making a buy. There isn't, you know, here's the money put in and the computer does the buy. The right. individual, usually very rarely does the, the, the mm-hmm. person pick the shows. Yeah. And, and, and most of the time the, the matching of the advertisers to the show is going to be pretty good. So sure. There's these outliers like we've been talking about sure. that are, that have made a problem, but I think those are going to be very unique outliers. So, yeah. So I, you know, I, I had a deck. Anybody wants it, I'll send you this old deck. It's probably seven, eight years old. It was, it's entitled go, the value of going wide versus narrow. And it basically in six or seven slides outlines what I just talked about on ad repetition load, mm-hmm. breadth of shows, non-duplicative audience. And I would go into, I'd go into New York and Texas and Houston and, and San Francisco right. and everyone would shake their head like a bobblehead. <laughs> Those of you are watching, I'm bouncing my head like a bobblehead. And, and yet, crickets. I wish I had a cricket soundbite. Crickets. Because they thought it was all a great idea until it comes mm-hmm. to spending money. Or they'd come to me and say, Dodd, we just want to buy one ad a month in those shows. Yep. And we only want to spend this much money. And you know what? I did this. <laughs> because there you go, Todd. Flipping I, off the audience again. I, because <laughs> I know, you know, I want to do a 30-day trial buy. Well, right. Oh, yeah. A, a big, I want to do a test buy. A big show, you can run a 30-day trial on. No problem. You're a, you're, you're running on an Adam Carolla. You can do a 30-day buy on Adam Carolla. No sweat. It'll work out well. Go ahead and run a 30-day trial on a show that has 15,000 listeners. See how that works out. It's a different audience. It's a different ramp-up. It's a different get-on-to-target it's a different trust building process. It's too. different. Right. It's a, the first two weeks. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Todd, we got a problem. This thing's not right. performing. What did I tell you? I told you don't call me for two weeks. And right. by the way, when it's still performing after the ad quits in two weeks and in, in two months, then you can call me during that time and say, thank you. Yeah. Todd, <laughs> the other thing that's not, doesn't get talked about a lot in the industry and I, I don't know if I should share it, but I'm, I'm going to anyway, um, from what I understand, um, these programmatic platforms are, uh, um, overbooked, oversold. Um, there's, there's more interest from ad buyers than there is inventory. I know. So that's driving up CPMs. Yeah. So there's a lot of craving right now for get, getting access to those smaller independent shows right now. Yeah. Rob. 
I know I wasn't supposed to share that, right, Todd? I I talked about it on this show. I think I talked about it already. No, I know. And yeah, there's and more. It's good news. And yeah, it's good, good news. news. There's more demand right. than availability, right? Which is driving it, CPMs up, right? Now, granted, once once the inventory gets dumped into there, it's not going. It's, it's not going to change. No, no. The I demand is going to keep going go up. up. Yep. It, it's it's going to keep going up. So, um, as the more inventory gets put in, Ex- uh, you're going to see larger campaigns. And that's, but this inflation we're having right now in the country could negatively impact negative that. impact because people are struggling. People are struggling to buy groceries and pay electricity bills. Right. That's and that's December? on the, that's on stuff that they measure. Remember, they don't measure everything. Yeah, yeah, that's the CPI, right? Right, the CPI. It's, right. you know, it doesn't count the other stuff that we're all getting. There's a lot hammered. of other stuff that's gone up a lot higher than 7, right? I pro- I don't know if I should even say this, but we have a I think I can do this without getting in trouble. How much do you think Raw Voices medical coverage went up this our bill to provide employees health care went up? How much do you think it went up this year? At least 20%. 17%. Right. Okay. Listen to that. 17%. It went up 17%. Year over year, right? Year over right. year. One year went up 17%. Right. And people say, hey, well, I have to charge for podcast hosting. Hey, Todd, have you seen the, the, the current value of your, your, your car, um, compared to what you paid for it? Yeah, now, it's, I've, it's more. I've, yeah, I've got a. But you know, my car's in the, I told you I hit more now than I bought it for. Well, maybe not my car. Yeah. I hit a Bambi. Did I tell you that? Oh yeah. 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 I supposed to, supposedly it's going to be ready tomorrow. $3,700 worth of damage. Wow. Yeah. And it would have been more if I, I hit it right in the middle. If it had been on a corner panel, it had been more because the sensors would have got took out. Uh, so I got lucky that the one major sensor got, uh, broke, but the, the lane centering stuff did not. So, and I will be testing that very, <laughs> very well immediately when I get the car back. But yeah, it's, my niece had a Lincoln MKZ, I think. I don't know. It was only two or three years old. She moved to New York, didn't need a vehicle. She got $8,000 more for the vehicle than she paid for it. Right. Used pickup trucks right now. Good luck. Right. You know, they're crazy right now because of the chip shortage. And there's, you go to a car. I was, you can't buy a new car. Now right. listen to this. I was in a Ford dealer and there was a Corvette on the show floor. In a Ford dealership, there was a Corvette on the show floor, a used wow. Corvette. Wow. A used Corvette. They were trying to sell anything they could, right? Is that what you're trying exactly. to say? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taking trades, doing everything they can. To, right. I think they're going to auctions and buying cars, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten uh, calls. Uh, We'd like to buy your, your Camry, you know. So I've gotten those calls over the yeah, last but, few but months. Yeah, but, you know, what do you go buy then, you know? If you need a vehicle, you don't, you can't buy anything. So right go now. Buy a, a Tesla, I guess. 
<laughs> if you have car insurance, make sure that you have the clause replacement value. Right. Pay that extra premium right now because if you don't, you're going to get eight alive if you total that vehicle. Call right. your call your insurance company and make sure you get replacement value. Put you're going to pay a little more premium, but right now is the time. <laughs> right now right. is the time to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I called so. USAA and said, okay, I just had this thing. Am I good? And we went through my policy and I made a couple of changes and it's like my premium went up like 20 bucks a month, but mm -hmm. all yeah. right, we're long. What? I think we did it. We made it to the <laughs> we end. We did a little slow to beginning. I, my, my power was a little bit down at the beginning of the show. I, I apologize. So. But so was it a little less stressful in uh, Vegas compared to normal? Ever since I've stopped being the coordinator and I just show up and be talent, there is no stress. Right. Well, just <laughs> fewer people and fewer s smaller crowds make it. Well, walking was like, you know, usually you're like, it's like the Indy 500 trying to navigate yeah. traffic. Yeah, you're battling people <laughs> getting around. Yeah. And, so yeah. no, not, right. not an issue whatsoever. And yeah. Uh, security was pretty heavy though, um, compared so to other you're, years. You're planning on going to NAB, right? Yep. Yep. You're planning on going to, um, Podfest Orlando yep. and oh, obviously, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I don't think we've, we've even got a exhibitor package from them yet. Oh, really? Oh, okay. no, I don't think so. Yeah. It's a full in-person event. Uh, I but when is it? I believe it's, uh, May, well, I guess, May 25th and well, 26th. I, we have heard, I think we have heard nothing from the PodFest team. So, well, I would, I would reach out to, uh, to, to that team. Well, usually they reach, isn't that their job is to reach out to us, but should be. Yeah. You right. would think. So would, I'll have to cut, uh, reach out to Chris, have right. to cut Mackenzie loose and say, okay, and we haven't heard nothing from you. Do you want us to come or not? I would assume we'll go to Podfest. Yeah, because I, I've already got Chris to agree to ha having us on stage for the new media show. All right. You know, here's the thing too: we're, we're going to a lot of other uh, non-podcast events. Yeah. So, for the podcasting events that we go to, yeah, I would love that. We're doing minimal people because it's. You, you just know, don't know what you're walking into. Well, in ROI is important. I can Keep be there waving the flag, but ROI is important. You don't get new podcasters in the door. It it doesn't doesn't help me a lot. Right. Because I got to put new butts in the seat. You know, we do a we do a acquisition ratio. How many new customers did we get because of this show? And I've mm -hmm. got a I got a target number to hit. Right based on show size and how much money we spent. Right. You can't deliver that. Do I need to be there? It's tough to justify. Right. right. It's one thing to be there and waving the flag saying, yeah, we're still in business, but I think people know we're still in business. Right. Yeah. All right, Todd, let's, yeah, let's get out of here. Call it a day. Todd yep. at, or excuse me, I'm Todd at blueberry.com at geek news on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as well, uh, at Rob Greenley, and you can send me an email if you want to reach out and share your little tidbits of secrets. Sure. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Mm. Uh, send it to robg at lipson.com. Um, yeah, be great to hear from you. And go over to newmeshow.com. Please follow or subscribe to the podcast. We want you to do that. Make sure you're on your, that way if you miss us, 
your app will tell you, oh, there's a new episode there. Right. Turn on notifications. Make sure you uh, keep uh, listening or it'll stop downloading. So we want you to be uh, engaged. And we know many of you are because we see your comments on Twitter, on Facebook, all over the place. So yep. thanks for being here. And uh, with that, I guess we'll be back next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern live. And then the podcast will get out whenever, hopefully shortly thereafter. Yep. Uh, we'll probably have a guest next week. So I was hoping that we, we, we would have one today. But Yeah, he didn't uh, respond, did he? Should we mm-hmm. shame him? No. <laughs> then he'll definitely not come on. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'll, I'll keep trying and, and we'll, we'll find, you know, some important guests. By the on. way, Rob, are you using Grecian in your beard? Not yet. No. So that's, so you are actually have some color left, huh? Yeah, in I'm not beard. doing any coloring at all. So well, in I, your hair either. Mm-mm. How is it that you still have color in your hair? You have not had enough stress in your life. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? That's right. When you have stress, well, you believe you, me, you, I've had a lot of stress <laughs> in my life. So yeah, all life right, is not always easy on the podcasting bandwagon. Yeah. So. Well, you know, you're, you're part of the Libsyn crew. It's you know, there's no stress over there. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's only like four companies that we acquired. So, oh, I, yeah. It's in, yeah, yeah. that's your problem, not mine. I know. That's what I mean. <laughs> right. It's hard to keep up with everything. Uh, yeah. All right, All right, right, everybody. We'll see you later. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Bye.